0: Here's where the fun begins. Let's make this a bit more interesting. You've taken your first step into a larger world. The you will do! Nothing will stand in our way. May the void be
1: willing. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Twin Sons Transmission. I'm your host, Eric Pfeiffer, joined as always by Jesse Sanfilippo. Hey, guys. Welcome to episode 192. Guys, we're inching close to that 200th episode. That'll be pretty exciting. Wow. Um, yeah, 200. <laughs> Very exciting, right there. But Jesse, on today's episode, we're going to be talking all about Chapter 14 of The Mandalorian, the sixth episode of Season 2. This episode was titled, The Tragedy. And, of course, we don't want to be the one to spoil you, so leave now if you have not uh, watched the episode. But, Jesse, this episode was directed by Robert Rodriguez, who, to my knowledge, had not directed an episode before this one. And what an episode to get the opportunity to direct. I mean, this was an amazing episode. But just kind of initial thoughts, what do you think of this episode as a whole?
0: As a whole, I just felt like this was such an exciting, action-packed episode. I just feel like so much is happening so fast, and I love it. Um, I, I feel like I'm always expecting there to be like a hitch along from like it, along the way when we get sent from one planet to another, like it. And I always am not expecting to get there so quickly, but I just love how full force and action-packed and just fast-paced the season has been. This episode was crazy. So much fun.
1: Oh, yeah. Now, there's a lot to kind of digest and a lot to dissect in this episode uh, on all fronts. But kind of just as a recap, now we... Ahsoka, in the last one, basically told Mando to go to this planet, Tython, to put uh, Grogu on the Seeing Stone at the top of the mountain and essentially let him decide, right? Let him decide which path he wants to take. Are you going to take the path of the Jedi and continue to to learn how to use the Force and and develop these powers, or are you not? And we'll talk about that shortly, but of course, it's not just that simple, right? There's always going to be hitches that happen, always going to be problems. The Empire and Moff Gideon always are going to rear their heads again and and create problems for Mando and the child. Uh, We wouldn't have a TV show if there were no problems. Right, so we have this issue here. (laughs) Not only do we deal with the Empire, but even before any of that happens, during this process of this seeing stone thing, we see Slave 1. We see Slave 1, the modified fire spray land, and uh, we know, Jesse, from the beginning of this season that Boba Fett is still alive. We saw him at the end of the first episode of the season, and... I don't know about you, but we saw him when we saw him watching Mando drive away with the armor. I was like, I wonder if that's going to be something that we're going to get in this season. Or, you know, I remember we kind of talked back and forth about it. Well, maybe that's it for Boba Fett, but they brought Boba back into this a lot sooner than I was thinking that they would.
0: Yeah, I there was a big part of me, I think, that was just like, that was just going to be a hey, guess what? Boba Fett's alive. Maybe one day he'll have his own movie or something. This was just like telling the world that he was still alive. But he is like he is like part of the team now. It's yeah. So fun.
1: Yeah. To me, uh, like I was thinking, okay, well, maybe they're going to show us Boba Fett at the end of this first episode just because, you know, maybe there's going to be a Boba Fett spinoff. Or maybe they're just gearing us up or getting us ready for Season 3. Maybe that's going to be more of like a a Season 3 plot, you know, with another Mandalorian or something. But no, that is all part of this season, all part of this storyline, and I, I was very excited to see it. Now, I have to say, during... My work day on Friday, a bunch of people kept messaging me. What'd you think? What'd you think? I'm like, guys, I have not watched it yet. I have not watched it yet. And I've had
0: like, I've had work people like text me basically spoilers. And I've texted them back like, holy, are you lucky that I've already watched it? Like, you need to check in. (laughs) Like, You can't just be texted spoilers right out the gate on the day of.
1: Right. (laughs) I mean, some people... We could have a whole discussion on this. But some people are like, oh, well, spoilers, you know, it's your fault. If you don't want to be spoiled, then don't go on social media. You can't control what other people do, but you can control your actions. But, like, not really. Like, I mean, for mm-hmm. Amanda, she her job is the social media supervisor at uh, the place that I work. That's literally her job. Her job is to go on social media and, and not just things. social
0: media, like nerd social media for it, a collective exactly. store.
1: Exactly. <laughs> you tell her that she can't go on social media. That's literally her job, you know. Right. And with us here, I mean, we we do our best to continue to provide content for people throughout the week, you know, whether that be in the morning or whatever. And so, like, for example, we have action figure close up. On Fridays, every Friday that I get up and I post that in the morning. I don't necessarily have time to sit down and watch a half hour, forty five minute show before I go to work on Friday. But I can mm-hmm. post something for twin sons. You know? And so I don't I really disagree with the oh you, you can't go on social media or, or whatever. I just I think that's yeah. kind of a crappy thing. Just be respectful to your, your fellow fans, you know? That's why we always give a spoiler warning at the beginning of this. But
0: some people like just knowing like I know so many people like that where they will purposely Google everything like they'll find the script like people who like and like scripts you know leak and stuff I don't understand that like if I mean that gives you joy great I just don't get it being surprised is so fun and
1: but it's one thing to know it it's another thing to share it with people who don't want to know it you know that's what the biggest issue is that's that's pretty messed up yes but anyway like I said, we could have a whole discussion on that, but <laughs> anyway, so Boba Fett returns and not only Boba Fett, but at the beginning of this episode, Jesse, they kind of do that like previously on the Mandalorian. They don't have a guy yeah. saying that. I could be that guy though. <laughs> Last time on um, yeah. the Mandalorian. You, you know, so
0: Lucasfilm, Lucasfilm breakthrough, <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Yep>. <laughs> but they showed us those footsteps, the, the guy walking up to fennec Shan laying there on the ground, and that's been a, a topic of debate since season one. Who was that? A lot of people thinking it was right. Boba Fett, and now it was. We know that Way that was go. Boba Fett. Yeah. All so. you
0: people that listened to that, and you were like, "That's what Boba Fett's like walking sounds like." I was like, "Holy wow!" Like I, I personally didn't know that, so I thought that was really cool that there was so many people that. Like it, you know. That's what pops into their head. Like it's an iconic noise for a lot of people, apparently, which is really cool.
1: Yeah, definitely. And not only that, but Fennec is alive, and she has this sort of life debt to Boba, who. I, there was one. There was one line he said. I don't, I didn't write it down. Maybe you did, but it was like sometimes something about the wretched or something. I don't I don't remember.
0: Oh, yeah, that is a good line. I didn't write it down, but it's like the some, the something about saving the wretched, the yeah. wretched save the wretched or something like that.
1: Yeah. So they're
0: kind of a similar vibed character. Right. The two of them.
1: But now they're they're kind of working as a team and Boba Fett, I mean, from the beginning, I, I was like, he he just wants his armor. He doesn't care about Mando's armor. He doesn't care about the child. He doesn't care about anything else that's going on. That is his armor. That was his father's armor. That was his the armor that's been in his family for a long time. And, uh, you know, during their little, little discussion, these stormtroopers come. And this was essentially the let's show off how cool Boba Fett is right now moment because right. i mean all of these stormtroopers just came running out and you're like okay this is this is going to be a massacre <laughs> like you literally have <laughs> dinjarin Fenix, Shan, and boba fett going up against a bunch of these stormtroopers they are literally just going to get obliterated it's going to be like watching darth vader take down those rebel troopers in, right. in rogue one some of them didn't even make it out of the ship i don't think like they're running no. out they just got shot <laughs> immediately
0: <laughs> get blasted out This is one of the coolest showdowns I think ever of all of Star Wars non lightsaber battle might be one of the top just like fighting non lightsaber showdowns that we've had I think. To my recollection of what yeah. i can think of off the top of my head <laughs>
1: yeah and it's just the way that they shot it too i mean yeah. it's it's kind of gruesome with some of the the ways that these stormtroopers die i mean with boba fett and his gaffy stick i mean he literally i was yeah. like watching the armor do it with her hammer on steroids i mean he he literally was just <laughs> smashing crushing the stormtrooper armor it-
0: I know. I feel like it's so rare to see like Stormtrooper armor just like smash into like little pieces like that. Like we've talked about this on the show before where it's like the way they're designed, they're meant to not make you feel, not make a, like, a little kid feel freaked out watching someone die, right? As they get picked off. But like this was a very, this was, this was a uh, brutal. It was really brutal. Yeah, I think it's, it's really cool.
1: I think also what they're trying to do is show the difference between Beskar and other types of armors. You know, I mean, we see laser blasts bounce off and ricochet, and we hear the little clinking sound when Mando gets shot. Even in this episode, that's something we see. Uh, And then with the stormtroopers, they just fall down. I mean, they just get hit shot once and they're dead, you know? Right, right. Granted, a lot of times they get shot in the face. I mean, Fennec, her headshot count had to have gone so high in this one. I mean, she was (laughs) picking people off right in the faces, you know. It was crazy.
0: (laughs) No, the three of them fighting together was just so cool. And I feel like my favorite part of that whole thing is, you know, Boba Fett as highly held in regard as he is to so many people because he's he's just such a cool-looking character. He didn't do and, and have a whole lot of time in the originals. Everybody just loves him because he looks really cool and he says has, has all this cool stuff and he's bounty hunter. And I feel like when you ask people like, what do you think of Boba Fett? It's like a 50-50 where they're like, eh, he's overrated, or he's so cool, he's my favorite character. Like everybody's like split when you mention Boba Fett. And I just feel like this episode gave boba fett like all the street cred that everyone who thinks he's just <laughs> such a cool character like he, boba yeah. fett's my, people who say like boba fett's my favorite character even though he, don't, he doesn't have a lot of screen time like it gave those people like the street cred to be like boba fett is awesome here yeah. watch this episode and you'll know <laughs>
1: yeah i definitely agree and i was i was kind of in the middle on boba fett like i really like the character mm-hmm. i like his his history And I I feel like for a lot of people who have been fans for a long time, part of what makes Boba Fett cool is what happens after episode six. I mean, in Legends, he is he doesn't die in the Sarlacc and and he goes off and and does all these really cool things. And, you know, now we're getting that now we're, we're essentially getting a different story. But he survived the Sarlacc pit. You know, and he's going off on more adventures. And now we get to see him with other Mandalorians and and all that stuff. Um, I thought it was really cool, too, that Tamora Morrison, now back as Boba Fett, who also played Jango Fett, um, sort of clears the air a lot. You know, we we talk a little bit about, or we have, I think, in the past about some people not believing that Jango Fett and Boba Fett are true Mandalorians, but... Jango and Boba are just as much Mandalorians as Din Djarin is. Um, Jango Fett was a foundling. The armor was given to him by his forebears. Now Boba is Jango's son, and now the armor's his. And, you know, I, I, I really do feel like that kind of gives them legitimacy.
0: Yeah, there was a lot of answers in just that short moment, too, because at least for me... I was seeing the foundlings almost as like a product of the fall of Mandalore, you know, um, like Mandalorians, like picking up, you know, other people, bringing them in to kind of re spark, you know, a dying breed. Um, So that's how I was kind of thinking of it in my head since season one. So it's cool to hear that foundlings and, you know, bringing people in as like adopted Mandalorians basically has been something that's been going on since before the Clone Wars.
1: Yeah. And we hear about Jango Fett fighting in the Mandalorian civil wars and, and all this stuff. I mean, it's really cool to kind of see everything come together and get all these answers you know, there there are so many topics of debate among Star Wars fans. And, you know, I just remember seeing all those memes with The Last Jedi, like you love it or you hate it. And it's like people sitting down to talk about The Last Jedi and you have this giant war and then people sitting down to talk about something else and they're all just sitting peacefully at dinner. You know, I mean, it's like
0: right. there's so many
1: questions <laughs> about Star Wars and so many different opinions and, and you know, different ways of interpretation. And, and that's, I think part of what makes star wars great you know it, it's could potentially create some toxicity in, amongst the the community but i think overall i think it puts a positive spin on fandom but that's just me
0: yeah it's fun to be able to talk and debate about it i think when the toxicity comes in is when we're when we're claiming to be this is the way um, you know, whenever my opinion is, is cause yeah. I've been a fan longer or I've been a fan, read more books or whatever. When it, when it starts to become that, like they that person's opinions more valid because of those types of things. That's when it gets toxic. But I feel like the beauty of any fandom is being able to have, you know, these types of discussions um, is what, I mean, for me, it's what really gets me into something is when I know other people who I can really sit down and get nitty gritty with things, I tend to get more into said fandom because I have someone to really talk about it with and debate and and just theorize is one of the most fun parts for me, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I know I've said this before. It's Star Wars is like the Hydra. You cut off one head and two more pop up. And (laughs) for every question we get answered, we have a bunch more questions. Uh, And that's how they keep you engaged. Let's continue on with the child, Grogu. So in the last episode, the episode with Ahsoka, the Jedi, she tells Din Djarin to take the child to Tython, put him on the seeing stone, and let him decide. So we get to the seeing stone. The child sits there. And this beam of energy, it's almost like this beam of light just goes straight up. And and Grogu, it seems like he's in this trance. I mean, he's got his little meditation hands and like Rafiki, you know, reminding me of Rafiki (laughs) from (laughs) Lion King. Um, And it was almost like this barrier. I mean, no one could get through. Mando tried multiple times to get through. um, And it looked like there was some sort of text around the ring that was on the stone jedi jedi text and i think i could be mistaken but i am 99 percent sure the tython historically um we may have even talked about this on national analysis was the birthplace of the jedi or like light side force users i think that that is where the group essentially kind of came together and even i think the bogan might have separated the the dark side might have separated on tython from the light side uh, again, don't quote me on that. I'm just trying to remember what I read. But
0: yeah, after last episode when it was mentioned, I googled it to see if it, we had like if it was something that was known. And from legends, there's there's a lot of lore on Tython, specifically related to the Jedi. It's very cool. If you, it has long, long, full Wikipedia pages on it. Um, and it's really interesting. So it's cool that we're getting it.
1: Yeah. But my question to you is: Based on what we saw with Grogu and this beam of energy go up, does that signify that Grogu has chosen a path?
0: I mean, it is—it's hard to because she did say, like, if he reaches out to the Force, then that's—I can't remember exactly what Ahsoka how she how she said it if he reaches out to the force that's it, it was that him just choosing a path or was that him choosing the light side or just choosing to be trained
1: the way that i took what she said was that if he chooses the way of the force then a jedi will come looking for him
0: a jedi will come so it's it has to be light sidey also in some way yeah i i just i think I think, especially after seeing... I mean, not to get too ahead of ourselves in the episode here, but it makes me feel that, like, seeing the end of this episode and having, you know, Moff Gideon kind of waving, dangling the lightsaber over his head, be like, remember these? Like, like, yeah, he remembers those, and he's, like, reaching out, and he feels like he looks very sad. I know he's, like, you know, very um, tired at that point in the episode, but it's like that's his... That was his life. Even though he's just a little baby, he spent, that's 50 years of something that was all he ever knew. And just like every other Jedi who we have known and grown to love at the time that Order 66 went down, um, anyone else who's been left behind from that, they all carry like a very deep sadness about it because every, their entire, that's their entire world. That's like Alderaan blowing up for Leia. You You would think that that's something he you know, misses and wants to reconnect with. So for me, it would make sense that he's, you know, choosing to have the Jedi, you know, whether it's, whether he's choosing the force or he's choosing to, to reach out to other Jedi, whatever that little moment was, it makes sense that he would, that that's the path that, you know, that he would choose. It's really all he's ever known. I don't think he realizes quite yet that that might mean he has to leave his Mando.
1: Right. That's what I'm thinking. I think maybe Destiny would have him continue up and, and learn the ways of the Force, but I think his heart, if he knew what he was doing, would tell him to stay with Mando, you know?
0: I, I know. and in, in the beginning of the episode, too, kind of the way Mando's like talking to him, Din Djarin's talking to him in the Razor Crest, and he's like having him take the little joysticky ball thing again and he's talking about how you know training and stuff cuz he vowed to train him as like a warrior from the armorer and now he almost seems sad that like he's not going to get to be the one that trained him but i mean this might just be wishful thinking but he's like trying to get him like he can get him to to use the force when Ahsoka couldn't get him to not that he could you know Train him to do new things, but he could be like his like his like workout buddy for things he already (laughs) knows.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, workout buddies, Mando, workout buddies. Here we go.
0: I just thought it was an interesting little conversation they had in the Razor Crest in the beginning, and I was wondering why would they have him mention all those things. Um, Is there a way for him to still be part of his life um, if he is being trained by a Jedi or not? Um, And I kind of wonder if that was kind of a little bit of foreshadowing that maybe they will get to stay together in some shape or form when it comes to his training. Maybe he can have some kind of a part in it. I don't know.
1: Yeah.
0: No attachments for Jedi. So. Right. I don't know.
1: And that's kind of what Ahsoka was saying, you know, that she there's a lot of fear in him and she's she knows what it, what it was like as a part of the order during the time of the clone wars, when, you know, it was one master and, and one apprentice and code forbids it. If, if you do things otherwise and, and, uh, you know, she was there with master Kenobi and she was there with Yoda and she knows all about that being too old and being taken to the temple as a child and, so, you know, when you have somebody who has already been in that situation then has been away from it for a decent amount of time, maybe maybe that that's kind of a red flag for her. So I don't know but to me just based on what we saw his little meditation thing and the energy and the seeing stone and then as you said him kind of reaching for the saber at the end and also using the force now granted probably self defense or out of fear or whatever but still using the force so i don't know yeah <laughs> i just think to me he's going to want to he's going to choose to continue to train which means we'll probably get another Jedi around here somewhere. I don't know who that'll be or when it'll be, but I think it'll be pretty interesting to see what that is. And like I said, I don't know. That's just my guess. But based off what we saw, I'm leaning a lot more toward the path of training as a Jedi versus not.
0: Right. That was a strong connection. Like whatever he did on that seeing stone, that was that was strong we've seen him do some really amazing things um but it just to me it's like that was such an intense like force connection moment it's like who is that going to attract like is Ahsoka gonna come back around and make a different choice about it I mean Ezra's out there probably that would be really cool but it almost makes me feel like such a strong connection to the force. Like, I I think, I don't know how a lot of people would feel about this, but it makes me feel like it's going to be, like, I don't think it's going to be Luke Skywalker, but, like, when we're talking about this, like, intense, strong force connection and you just think of who's out there right now during this time looking for restarting a Jedi Order, that's Luke Skywalker right now. Yeah. And it would be very interesting to see how they would do that if they would. And I kind of don't think they would. But if I was just not thinking about actors and recasting or not recasting and all of that, the Skywalker saga technically being over, blah, blah, blah. If I wasn't thinking about all of that, that's kind of my natural, like, that's who I would think would would, would come for that type of a signal right now.
1: Yeah, I mean... I've seen all sorts of theories, and, you know, theories can go as crazy as Jar Jar Binks being a Sith Lord.
0: <laughs> one there of my are favorites. There are a
1: lot of crazy <laughs> theories out there. I've seen a lot of people guessing that Mace Windu could be somebody that shows up in this one. I don't know if you've seen yeah. people posting that, Jesse. I have. Um, That'd be
0: cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. Luke Skywalker's one I've seen. Ezra's one I've seen. So I've I've heard people say Cal Kestis cuz we don't know what's going on with him from the Jedi Fallen Order game. I mean, there's a lot of options. We'll just have to wait and see, I guess. It's it's fun to theorize, but but I don't know. But let's talk a little bit about the Empire, Jesse. Now the Empire we see, we see these dark troopers. We finally get to know what they are, the dark troopers from a couple episodes ago with Moff Gideon. I know we had kind of talked about maybe those being dark troopers, and we are correct on that. So they they do look like they're droids. And they went and kidnapped Grogu and took him back up to Gideon's ship. And and we talked a little bit about this a little earlier. Uh, The stormtroopers getting their butts kicked again. which seemed to be a a pretty common theme in this episode. Um, (laughs) Bucketheads just getting clobbered. But Gideon kind of walks in there and the stormtrooper's like, I've got it set to stun, sir. And, and Gideon puts his hands up and it was almost like Gideon knew it was going to happen. Like the child was going to get so tired and kind of like burned out that he'd be able to walk up there with his dark saber and kind of throw it in his face a little bit. Right. If Grogu hadn't used up his energy on the troopers, maybe he would have felt a little self-defense against, against Gideon. But what did you think of this scene? with grogu and gideon
0: so many things it made me think about how can the way gideon like you said like kind of knew what was going to happen and then he mentions like oh you're getting you're getting really good at that like it makes me sad because it's like he's probably been trying to fight them off potentially this whole time and now he's just getting stronger um which is good but like it makes you sad to think about how long they've had him and what he's been through and if he's been you know just kind of tripping stormtroopers for a few years (laughs) with the force and now we're getting to the point where we're whipping him around but it was it was definitely sad like the music everything about it, it made you feel it made me feel like it was like okay this is why ahsoka is worried this could very easily be another anakin situation like she kind of alluded to in the last episode where this kid has now formed attachments. He's experienced a deep, deep amount of loss already at a young age of 50 years old. (laughs) Um, But.
1: Well, we saw him force choke Kira Dune when they were arm wrestling. And I think Grogu thought that Mando was in danger or something, you know? I
0: I mean, the plus side is, is that everything he's done in a in a dark way has been self-defense it it was very just like the music it 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 reminded me of like sad dark sidey anakin moments i don't know if it was the same music overlaid with new music or not i'm not very good at recognizing um a lot of the themes um of as far as music goes but it just it gave me that like sad what like anakin going to the dark side theme music or Ezra playing around with you know uh Mall sad force force usy like maybe I'm turning dark side music
1: yeah i agree i i don't know what to make of it i did feel really sad and as soon as the title came up to this episode and it was like the tragedy i'm like ah oh, crap here we go this is going to be bad and yeah. then when they put the little binders on him and he's laying there, I'm like, why why you got to be doing this? Why you got to be doing this? You make us like this really cute little guy, make him laugh and give us some funny moments. He's got his little puke on his clothing after oh. his mech rooms, And then you literally shoot him with a stun blast and put binders on him, you big jerks.
0: I know, um, we're like kicking him or punching him <laughs> in the last season. Yep. We'll leave our little baby alone. <laughs>
1: And that's one thing that I think is really great. It's a testament to how good Moff Gideon is as a bad guy. I mean, he's a likable bad guy. He's a very popular bad guy. Even at um, the Collector's Outpost, where I work, there is a ton of people that love Moff Gideon. There's a lot of Moff Gideon fans out there, and his action figures are pre-sold out at a bunch of places, and... You know, I think part of it is that he's got a a dark saber and part of it is Giancarlo Esposito. I mean, that guy is an amazing actor that's been in some great stuff. And I think he does a great job at being Moff Gideon. And so even though he does all these terrible things, we still like him for some reason. Like you love to hate him, I think.
0: Yeah, he is one of those characters. It's like the way he talks and, and just like that, the sense of just like, power that like radiates off him and the almost like he's a little spooky, right? Because you don't even know if you're on his side if he's gonna just like turn around and shoot you dead right there. He's just totally ruthless. Um he's yeah, he's a he's a really good villain. He's playing a really good villain.
1: Yeah. I just remember from season one the scout troopers talking about Moff Gideon shooting somebody for interrupting him. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, <laughs> It's just, it's just funny. Yeah. But, um, I do enjoy that. And I think the, one of the last lines that Moff Gideon says in this one is that, you know, after we're out of hyperspace, send an encrypted message to Dr. Pershing, let him know that we have our donor. So now we're going to be going back to, um, those experiments, right. And learning more about what they were conducting, uh, on Navarro with the, the big tubes. Is this sort of like a, are they creating Snoke? Uh, Type thing or is this something else? I don't know But has your thoughts changed on that now that they have the donor and we know that everything is completely Separated from the dark troopers. It's not like they were integrated with the force or anything like that But do your mind change on that at all?
0: I don't think my mind has changed really much I still think, I mean, just the way we've heard Moff Gideon talk about this and all of them, all of the, you know, empire guys talk about the, about the asset, about the child, our little Grogu, they all talk about him as if he's the most important thing. Um, you have no idea how much this asset means to me, things like that. I still, I think it's, he's somehow, they're using him to create A new emperor in some way whether that be snoke whether they're working on weird other palpatine clones right now i don't know but they i think view him as the savior of what can help them save what's left of the empire um like he's like their only hope and i think now that he's getting stronger too i think the only part of my opinion that might have changed is that maybe because he's getting stronger and they have now just watched how he's kind of taken out some troopers, albeit he got tired really quickly. Well, I mean, also we don't know how long he was doing that before we walked in. Um, But maybe they kind of can see more use for him now outside of just being a donor Um, was kind of a a little thought that came into my head watching that scene. Um, Because him especially saying, like, you're getting really good at that. Uh, kind of thing, and waving the lightsaber in front of his face, like it—it's like almost—it was almost like attempting to the dark side moment, even though he's not a force user.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's one thing that is pretty consistent with villains in Star Wars—they want power. And when you, when Gideon's watching Grogu throw those stormtroopers across a room, you know, and he—he he wants to watch it. He doesn't stop it. He—he's got that smile on his face. Definitely wants power yeah. there.
0: He could, yeah, I feel like they could use him for more than just his midichlorian count at this point.
1: Yeah. Let's talk about the the ending of this episode, which I think is very interesting. Uh, I guess just a little bit prior to what we were just talking about. Um, but the Razor Crest exploded. I mean, that's not cool. Um,
0: I know. I, I felt so bad after I asked you that question about the toy. After we thought it was completely destroyed. <laughs> and now it's gone. Well, yeah. Razor Crests in your home, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it was funny though because <laughs> one of my friends who had didn't know that I hadn't watched it yet sent me a message. It was like, "Well, oh. I'm really, I'm really glad that I got the Razor Crest, LOL." And I just told him I was like, "Well, I haven't watched it yet." And he's like, "Oh, okay, we'll go watch it." And so I'm thinking like I didn't realize he was being sarcastic. And I'm thinking, like, oh wow, there's gonna be something really cool with the razor crest in this one. Like, I can't wait to see oh, what it does. No. It does something awesome, and then it blows up.
0: <laughs> like, and then dang it! Gone heck. forever. Yeah. So sad. And I, I, wonder if that little knob was made out of Beskar.
1: Maybe it and that did, like, was slowed, why it yeah.
0: survived. Yep.
1: Probably the the probably only not. two it's things: a... the the shifter knob and the spear.
0: <laughs> right. So sad. It, it's like watching him. You know, that's, like, his home. He doesn't have, like, a home. He's always on the run. I feel like in Star Wars, your ship is your home. So, yeah, that was a very sad moment
1: for Mando. He
0: lost everything.
1: He did. And I feel like that's what Star Wars does really well with the ships is... They make all of the primary ships, the Ghost, the Falcon, now the Razorcrest, feel like home, right? I mean, they they each have their quarters on the Ghost, and they can each have their own little bunks, and Sabine decorates hers and paints hers, and, you know, with the Falcon, I mean, we walked through and, and we saw that Lando had his cape closet in there, and, and he's got all this other stuff. I mean, when you are in a galaxy far, far away, these ships do become your home, and... We we saw the child in his little area in there with his little hammock and you know, we we've seen this ship since day one, episode one of the first season, um, and a lot of people have come and gone in this ship, and he takes it around the galaxy, whether it's a hunk of junk that's barely able to fly, or a brand new ship that can, you know, take on anybody. But I was I was kind of upset to see that explode. Hopefully Mando will get a new ship, but uh, he's teaming up, like we talked about before. He's teaming up with Boba Fett and Fennec Shand. They head to Navarro and Slave One, and we get to see Cara Dune again. And what's interesting is that, if you remember at the end of Season 1, Mando kind of went to all these people to create this team, right? He We get some of the characters throughout the first season, but then he comes back to them. He goes back to Cara Dune. He goes back to... Quill, who then has IG Eleven and Grief Karga, and that's sort of like the little team. And now in this one, it seems like we have Boba Fett and Fennec, we have Cara Dune, and he asks her to locate Mayfeld from season one. And uh, maybe they're creating this sort of mini mini team, this mini force to go get the child back. Now we've got a bunch of other characters in this one, Bo-Katan, we've got Ahsoka, a lot of people could show up, but what do you think is going to happen now with essentially this seems like a a group of people that are going to be going to rescue the child?
0: I have no idea. I have no idea how they're going to pull this off at this point. Um, I think it's really cool that we're going in and getting Mayfield again, um, and I feel like the theme of this show kind of is taking, quote-unquote, you know, bad guys, bounty hunters, and, um, you know, I mean, Cara Dune's really, really, like, original, like, rebellion person that was, like, a technical good guy. Yeah. Um, it's, like, this ragtag band of of bad guys doing good. Like, it's like a suicide squad over yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. which is it's really fun i'm really glad they brought fennec shand back because i am i love minga wen she's one of my favorite actresses um i just love seeing her in action hero roles like this um it's it's crazy to me that boba fett is just like teaming back up like he's just he's just part of the group like that's just so crazy to me I would have never thought that that's where we were gonna go with this in a million years but it's so fun and I love that Cara Dune is ready to drop her brand new rebel stripes because if that baby's involved everybody gonna do whatever they gotta do because <laughs> yeah. he is irresistibly cute and he's gonna get rescued yeah but I hope one of them doesn't die because Moff Gideon is I don't know how they're all going to get out of this. Like, it just like, I, I don't, I don't see it being like, <laughs> I guess, I guess what I've pictured in my head is like them, like being like super spies where it's like like, like some kind of like a James Bond, like a mission where they like, get in, get the asset, get out and rescue the baby. Like that is not how it's going to go. Like, it's going to be brutal. And Moff Gideon is, if he's staying with Moff Gideon on that ship, it's not going to be easy so I just don't, I Well, just, I right now can't imagine how they're going to pull it off.
1: If Moff Gideon can take on Cara Dune, Boba Fett, Fennec Shand, and the Mandalorian, he's going to have to have some pretty crazy help, I think. Maybe those dark troopers got some tricks up their troopers. sleeves.
0: Nobody um, had anything on those things. They just like... They were in the show for like two seconds because they just got the job done immediately. So I wonder if we'll see them in like more action, like if they'll be more of like a wall and a kind of like, I don't care how good you are. You're not crossing this line of these crazy droid troopers kind of thing.
1: Well, if they need help, we know Ahsoka and Bo-Katan were in this season, so maybe they'll make a a last (laughs) second appearance and save the day
0: and you know grogu called out to somebody yeah i don't care who it is we got some kind of force user that's gonna be (laughs) looking for him so yeah maybe we'll have another force user on our team
1: i have this strange feeling that the last scene of the last episode of this season is gonna be like thrawn i don't know oh, And then we'll if it's just like take like a year to talk about it <laughs>
0: oh, oh my god i bet you're right i bet you that is like it's gonna be like him facing the back and maybe he'll have like a high collar so you won't see like the color of his skin you'll just see somebody with black hair and then he'll just like turn around and you'll see his red eyes and blue skin and then it'll be like yeah
1: dang it yep
0: and it's over. <laughs> yeah.
1: I agree. Well, we'll talk more about that as we get closer to the end. Only two episodes left, Jesse. That's it. For the season, which is kind of a bummer, but I mean, we got blessed having this no movie, no Star Wars movie this year, but we do have another season of Mando, and I think uh you got to find the silver linings in 2020 with all this COVID nonsense. So, I'm happy that I'm happy that we got this uh to enjoy. During this,
0: this is better than a movie for me. I don't know if that's a controversial thing to say.
1: Well, no, <laughs> I think, I think it's, you know, part of it is because we get new content every week and it's live action and, it, you know, it feels right. like a new movie every week almost. It does. Yeah. But let's kind of wrap it up here. What were your final thoughts on this episode?
0: <sighs> I, this episode has just gotten me so excited for the future of this show like if if we're getting characters like boba fett getting thrown in and not just as a little nod and not just as a little hey see this guy over here on the horizon and they're becoming fully integrated and developed further than ever before like it just feels like this with that there's just and with ahsoka last episode like it's just there's no feels like there's no limits um they're truly doing um, what Dave Filoni was talking about in um, I think they talked about it when we were at celebration where he was like, you know, it's like using your older brothers, old action figures, all the ones that are not main characters that are all beat up and half broken and and using that to make a new story. And the, it's just turning, It. I think I thought of it a hundred times in this last episode because of how beat up and, um, you know, Boba Fett looks and his armor looks and everything from coming through that Sarlacc pit. It's truly just like that was their inspiration for the whole show and it just keeps reminding you every week that all these cool characters, I, their, their story isn't over and they're just going to keep getting, like, I mean... So many people love Boba Fett and already thought he was so cool, and now they've just made him infinitely cooler, which I don't think many people thought could have been a thing. Um, I, too, was neutral on Boba Fett, um, but now I'm ex- insanely, ecstatically excited about him. Um, so if, if <laughs> yeah. that's where we can go with the show, it's like I'm just ready for my mind to be blown in the next coming years because this is awesome.
1: I agree. It was extremely exciting to see Boba Fett in all his glory, not getting nailed by a pole and flying into a sarlacc. You know, I mean, this was, it was really cool to see him use his jetpack successfully and shoot that rocket and shoot those knee missiles. You know, like that was, that was awesome. I thought that they did a great job with some kind of nods to other things. I think the, The just the way that Boba and Django talked, you know, we hear Django say, I'm just a simple man trying to make my way through the universe, you know, in episode two. And then in this one, Boba says, I'm just a simple man making my way through the galaxy. Like just even little tiny lines like that make me think back to other parts of Star Wars. Um, I love that when Fennec shot that boulder, pushed that boulder down the hill, and it was just taking out stormtroopers. That was like a a nod to Indiana Jones with the big boulder chasing Harrison Ford. All these little things that they put in there, I think, are are absolutely fantastic. Um, The music. and now The music in The Mandalorian has been incredible since the beginning. Both the intro and the, the ending themes are some of my favorites in all of Star Wars now, which is something to be said for for uh, the amount of Star Wars music that we've gotten by the legendary John Williams but the way that this music hits you is very different and the music that I personally feel like have connected with me the most in this season have been the music in the episode with Bo-Katan the third episode when they're just messing people up there's some crazy music in that (laughs) and then in this one too where Boba Fett's just uh, using the gaffy stick on the stormtroopers I don't know what it is. I couldn't repeat the sounds if I tried. <laughs> I couldn't even hum what I'm thinking of. But as I'm watching it, I just get like so pumped. Like I wanna like go yeah. to the gym and you know
0: <laughs> flip weights music. and
1: stuff. Yeah. Like I just <laughs> get so excited. And that's it, it it pulls me out of the show in a good way. Like I just get so jazzed.
0: I agree. I agree. The music in this show is so so unique. And they've done this magical thing where they've made something so new feel really classic in so many ways with the little Indiana Jones hints and things like that. And in, in the last episode, all of the nods to like samurai, like everything that originally inspired Star Wars, like it. this show feels so classic, yet it is the newest and most probably technologically advanced Star Wars that we've had yet. I don't know. They just, they've struck gold with this show it's just mind-blowing every week
1: i agree well thank you guys for listening to episode 192 where jesse and i talked all about chapter 14 the tragedy directed by robert rodriguez hopefully uh, robert rodriguez can get a couple more episodes because that was that was mm. awesome did you know everyone out there we have an email address here at twin sons that is twin outpost at gmail.com guys we would love to hear from you if you have any thoughts on this episode any favorite parts any predictions of what you think is going to happen next of course if you already know no spoilers please um <laughs> but We're very excited with this, and we want to share everything with you. Of course, if you don't want to email us or don't feel comfortable with that, you can always find us on social media and communicate with us that way. Jesse, where can people find us on social media?
0: You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, all under the same handle at Twin Sons Outpost.
1: All right, and if you're looking for places to listen to our show, you can find us on our website, which is www.twinsunsoutpost.com. Click on the podcast tab on the left-hand side. You'll find all of our episodes there. You can also find us on the Star Wars podcast app through the Google Play Store and on iTunes.
0: And if you enjoyed this episode and you think we're pretty wizard, go ahead and leave us a good review wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: All right, only a couple more episodes left until we are done with The Mandalorian Season 2. And, of course, you can count on Jesse and I back every week with our recap discussions on each new episode. Thank you guys so much for listening to us. We'll see you again next time. And, as always, may the Force be with you. Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall, Harrison Dula from Star Wars Rebels. You've been listening to Twin Suns Transmission, an exciting show where sand gets everywhere. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Twin Suns Podcast Network. May the Force be with you, always.
0: Airmaster Tatooine. It's controlled by the Hut.
1: rendez-vous point on Halloween. This time you might have to